Let me tell you a little something about Anchor. This is, of course, where we're hosting this podcast, and the best thing about it is it is free, so it's not costing our church a dime. They have tools right there on the website that I can upload the sermons, I can record a quick little introduction, and put it out there. Anchor distributes everything for me. They've got it on Spotify, they've got it on Apple, they've got it on Google, they've just sent it everywhere. Uh, We're actually able to have no minimum listenership required for us to have some money put in by doing these advertisements that we can put right into the church. So if you want to make a podcast and you're not sure how to get started, just go to anchor.fm and you can also download their free Anchor app and it'll have everything you need to get started right away. So why are you wasting time? Get after it. If you want to start your podcast, anchor.fm is an easy and quick way to get started. Welcome, and thank you for downloading the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast, where we're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Koontz. And this, of course, would be our Easter program for this year. It was originally preached from the pulpit of Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church on April 4th of 2021. We do invite you, of course, to visit us not only on Easter, but on our regular Sundays when we have 930 Sunday school and worship service, of course, beginning at 11. We're over on 310 Randolph Road in the Claycomo area of Kansas City, Missouri. Of course, when you come visit us, make sure you come and say hello to us. We'd love to have you and to find out that you came because you heard this podcast. But now let's just get right on to our sermon, The Crossroads. Let's all now turn to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 18. If we could please stand to honor the reading of his word. As I say every week, if you're not able to stand for this, it's all right. I do understand. 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 18 says this. For to those who are perishing, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. But to those, excuse me, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. God bless and honor the reading of his word. You may be seated. Let me say this to you again. For to those who are perishing, in other words, to those who are dead spiritually, for those who are lost, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. I think it's foolish. But to us who are being saved, who are saved by Jesus It is the power of God. They think of the cross as foolishness, and they do. They do. So many people see the cross, they think of Jesus Christ, they think it's very foolish when they see the cross. You may not believe that. Because you think through wisdom of the Holy Spirit, they don't have that. They think it's foolish. They do. I have proof of that. Unfortunately, I know of it. But we know that to be the power of God, and it is. It is the power of God. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Day. Some people don't like the word Easter because of the, the meaning of what the word Easter is. I'm not worried about that. All that's foolishness is true. It's also foolish to be worried about that. It doesn't really matter. There's nothing wrong with that because children don't know of it. They know of chocolate bunnies and fun things of that. When I think of Easter... I personally think of what we know of it. 
Easter, when I think of Easter, what most of us think of, we think of what we know it to be. We know of Easter to be a day that represents the resurrection day of Christ. And that's what we're here for today. So happy Easter involves happy resurrection day. I don't mind calling it resurrection day. I don't mind calling it Easter. So when I say happy Easter, I'm saying happy Easter, dot, dot, happy resurrection day. And I say that to you all. You know, when we talk about Easter, we talk about all that, we're talking about a crossroads. And that is the title of today's sermon, The Crossroads. Now, The Crossroads can have many, many meanings. It really can. There was actually a movie about that one time, The Crossroads. Uh, it was about a young man who played, uh, well, actually it was the karate kid, Ralph Macchio. And it was about a man who played the guitar and all sorts of weird things. And I won't go into all that. And you're probably saying, thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. But I'll say this. Uh, a lot of people have crossroads in their life. It's, this Today, this may be your crossroads. It may be your crossroads. Maybe today you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And you may not even know what that means. Maybe you know him, maybe you don't know him, maybe you've heard of him, maybe you believe that he existed, maybe you believe in him, maybe you don't, maybe you believe in him, and you aren't living for him, so it's a crossroads one way or another. Maybe you believe in him and he is your Lord and Savior, but you're not living for him like you should. Maybe you're living for him, but you know there are things in your life that have you held down as a slave and you want to get rid of it, so it's a crossroad one way or another. Today could be that day. In order to talk about the cross that Jesus Christ bore for us, that he bared for us, we have to talk about the very beginning of creation, which is in Genesis, and we know that. We know that it started in Genesis in the Bible, this beautiful Bible, because Jesus was around. Even then, Jesus was around. Jesus was around at the very beginning. It started, and he was in existence, because Jesus is God. And sin entered into the world. Sin entered into the world... And a plan was set into motion when sin entered into the world. Sin went all over. And when that happened, what happened? Well, we know Adam and Eve sinned. And when that happened, a lamb's blood, we assume it was a lamb because the lamb was always shed for everybody throughout all time. We assume it was a lamb. It just said that there was a, uh, a time that uh, blood had been shed for Adam and Eve and they wore skin. We assume that was a lamb. A lamb's blood was shed uh, as a sacrifice. So God, yes, kicked Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. And through that time, other things happened. For instance, Noah. We know about Noah's Ark. We know about all that. The original rainbow, the original promise. There'd be no more flooding of the entire earth. Through Noah, we know that Shem, Noah's son, through Shem, as time went by, Abraham, one of Shem's relatives, would come about. Through Abraham, his son Isaac. Through Isaac, his son Jacob. Through Jacob, 12 sons. Through his 12 sons, this Jacob, who's also uh, known as Israel. Through his 12 sons, one of the sons was Judah. Through Judah, he had many, many, many relatives. One of his relatives would be David, the promised king. Through the promised king of David, he would have a son Solomon. Through Solomon, he would have many relatives. One who would be the stepfather of Jesus, Joseph, and one who would be the mother, Mary. Through Mary, she would have the sacrificial lamb, the true sacrificial lamb. Who was who? Jesus. Jesus the best lamb. Now, in the Old Testament time, in the Old Testament time, we, they would have to have an atonement for all their sins. When people would make mistakes, the Lord God would have an atonement for all their sins. Someone would have to sacrifice 
lambs for them. Usually the high priest would do this. This was uh, the people who was Aaron, not this Aaron back here, but Aaron, who was Moses' brother, his relatives, they were the high priest. They would sacrifice a lamb, not just any lamb, but the best lamb. They would do this for all of Israel. The first time this was done was on the doors and the doorposts in Egypt. And this was done. And then as time went on and Israel became a nation, this would be done in the temple. And we can see this also being spoken about in the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, when it says this. And according to the law, almost everything must be cleansed with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. And so the first crossroad was a road to the cross that Jesus himself bore for us. This was the crossroad, the true crossroad. Not crossroads, but the crossroad. I've seen those roads. I've seen that road. I walked down that road when I, I got to tell you, it was steep. So steep. I can imagine how horrible, how horrible it must have been. How horrible it must have been. For Christ, the Messiah, Christ, Jesus, to carry that cross, being spit on, whipped before he did all this, bleeding, carrying the cross. And he did it for you, and he did it for me. He did it for everyone. You know, the word might, when I was a kid, I'd hear the word might, so that we might be saved. It doesn't mean maybe we're saved, maybe we're not. It means so that we could be saved. That's what it means. Let's take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, God made him, being Jesus, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. This is why Jesus came. We know this. He was tempted, just like you're tempted every day. He was tempted. He could have sinned. Some people say, no, he couldn't have because he was perfect. If he couldn't have, there would have been no point in him coming at all. He could have, just like you, he could have. I was watching a film this morning where it showed him being tempted. He, could, he was tempted to do all the things you're tempted to do. And some say, oh, but he was never tempted to do this or that. Well, look, just because it wasn't written of all the temptations doesn't mean those temptations weren't there. Think of all the things that aren't written. If you was to write the story of your life, let's say you have a diary. In your diary, you might write a few little things that you did in the day. It doesn't mean that you write every little thing. You might eat a, a piece of bacon in the morning. Do you write that in your diary? I doubt it. Doesn't mean you didn't right, eat a piece of bacon. The point is this. The point is that just because something isn't written down doesn't mean it didn't happen. Amen? Jesus Christ was tempted in every way possible, but he didn't do it because he's perfect. He's God, and he said no to those temptations. It says in 1 Peter 2, 24 through 25, he himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, meaning the cross, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. By his wounds you were healed, for you were as sheep going astray, but now have been returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Praise the Lord God. Praise the Lord God. You know, he didn't have to do it, but he did through his love. He said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because I love them because I love them. 
First John 4, 10. In this is love. Not that we love God. Oh, I like this. I like this. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Praise the Lord for that. Oh, and this is why Christ came. It wasn't to die on the cross alone. No, it's what this day represents. It's why I do like that we add the resurrection day. I like that because it puts the definition stamp upon the day. I like saying resurrection day with it. I like it. I like it because it puts the very definition of what the day is. You know the thing about the, the, the name Christmas? I like that it has Christ in the name. I don't even mind when people say happy Christmas. That doesn't bother me. Because that's what it is. It has his name in it. But with Easter, people a lot of times say Easter, we don't necessarily know what it means. However, when you put the resurrection day, it has it right there. I, I like that. I like that. I do. Okay, so why he came, we know. It wasn't the dying alone. It was the dying and the arising. It was the dying and the living again. That's why. That's why. John eleven twenty five through 26. Now, this is Jesus Christ, by the way, speaking to Martha. He was speaking to Martha sister of Mary of Bethany and Martha loved Jesus. I, I want to clear her name for a second. People a lot of times talk bad about Martha. They talk about her like she's a doubter. They talk about her as if she was bad. No, Martha loved Jesus. She loved him so very much. She truly did. She just sometimes failed in, in certain areas, but she loved him so very much. But here's the thing. This is what he says to her. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? I ask you, do you believe this? A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't. You know, just, I think it was yesterday. Maybe it was the day before. I think it was the day before because it, was, it was, happened to be the day of the cross. Good Friday, because that's what it means. It was good what Jesus did for us. It was, actually was great. But I don't mind if you want to call it Great Friday. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I had a lot of people online with me on Facebook. A lot of people hate Facebook. That's fine. It's up to you. But I'll tell you this. I had a lot of people arguing with me, saying there is no proof of Jesus Christ, saying that there's no historical proof well you have to understand they're ignorant they're ignorant they're lost they don't know any better i'm not mad at them i'm mad at satan for lying to them and for them willfully following the blindness of satan and we need to pray for them i didn't like the things that were being said they said a lot of evil things oh i didn't care for the mocking that they said to me but that didn't bother me i've been mocked my whole life been made fun of for a lot of things things I liked or didn't like, the way I looked and all that, that's fine. I'm used to it. I would rather be made fun of for loving Christ. How about you? I'd rather be made fun of for something that's important, like Jesus Christ. I'd rather be mocked for something that matters, like Jesus Christ. He asked the simple question, do you believe this? And you ask yourself that today. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? And Martha says, yes, I believe that you're the Christ. 
I believe you're the son of God. She said these things. I'm paraphrasing here. She then ran to her sister, Mary of Bethany. He ran to her and said, Jesus is here. Mary then ran to Jesus Christ, begged him. Why weren't you here? How come you weren't here? Because they was talking about the fact that their brother Lazarus had passed away. And Jesus looking at her then wept. Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus then told Lazarus to rise up. And he rose up from the dead. You all know what happened. You've heard of it before. Lazarus rose up from the dead. Now, by the by, this was nine chapters, nine chapters before Christ's resurrection, when Lazarus was resurrected from the dead because of what happened there. Because of what happened there, this set everything into motion. Because what Jesus did, resurrecting Lazarus, Everything was set into motion. It made the high priest angry. It made everyone angry. And it set everything into motion. What Jesus Christ did for Lazarus put his death and resurrection into motion. It truly did. So yes, the resurrection of Lazarus is very important to the resurrection of Jesus. It's truly important to it. Truly. It's connected. What he, the sacrificial lamb, has done cannot be undone. Cannot be undone. We need to remember that. So, I say this to you today. You can be saved today if you've not been saved before. Today, and I say this to you at home if you're watching. Whether it be today or another day that you're happy to be watching. Maybe it's not Easter when you're watching this, and that's okay. But you can be saved for good. For once and for all. You can be saved. You can be saved. Never to lose your salvation. You can keep it. You can keep it. Because it's not for what you do, but what, what he has done for you. You can keep it. It's not what we do. Because if we were dependent upon what we do, we would go to hell forever. Because we are all sinners. We are all sinners. But Christ knew that. Jesus knew that. And that is why he came. He could have sinned, but he did not. He came so that we could go unto heaven. That is why he came. I am going to use the New American Standard Bible for this one first. Just this one. Just this one. And it says this. I love the way it says it. Listen to what it says here. First Peter 3.18 For Christ also suffered for sins once for all time the just for the unjust so that he might bring us to God having been put to death in the flesh but made alive in the spirit. Oh yes. You see, a lot of times mis people misunderstand. Once you're saved, you're saved and here's the other thing. No, it's not saying you're going to live forever. You're not going to be uh, here forever and ever and ever but you're going to live forever in spirit. Forever in spirit. And one day you'll receive a new body but you're not going to live forever here on earth. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I don't want to be stuck with this body. I don't want to be stuck with this body. And you, you don't have to say amen. I'm okay with that. <laughs> but I really don't. I'm going to have a new body. One that's really handsome. And I'm going to have one that doesn't have any pains. One that doesn't have scars. One that is, is hopefully doesn't have a gap in the teeth. One that looks really good. And one that feels really good. One that's made completely brand spanking new. And you will too. If you have asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. To take away all sins. And save you from what we are. Which is bound to hell without him. Amen. 
John 5, 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and shall not come into condemnation, but has passed from death into life. Because everyone needs Jesus. Everyone. And you know, I'm just like you. I'm just like you in every single way. And you say, oh, please don't say that. No, but in reality, I'm just like you. There are times that I see people out there who say things about the Lord that really irk me. Oh, it gets under my skin. Oh, it really does. It makes me angry when they disrespect the Lord. And that's okay. Because that's the Holy Spirit. We don't want them to disrespect the Lord because the Lord is within me. And we don't want them to disrespect the Lord. And they shouldn't. I cannot stand blasphemy. But I still love that person. Because I know it's Satan working on them. And I pray for them. I pray for them. I think a lot of times people don't realize they're being ignorant. Sometimes they do, by the way. Sometimes they know exactly what they're doing. But there's even Christians sometimes who say stupid stuff. And I know because I've done it myself when I was younger and more immature and very immature. I, even the other day, <laughs> I saw a Christian saying, oh, God has a sense of humor. How many times have you heard that ignorance thing? I've heard it a lot. Oh, God has a sense of humor. Yeah, but look, there's a lot of things. They're too holy to mock and make fun of them. You've heard Christians do it. Yeah, but we're to be in the world, not of the world. We Christians are to walk with Christ, and we'll get into that here in a moment. We are all lost at one point. John three thirty six. He who believes in the Son has eternal life. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. We don't want that. We should pray for those people, not want wrath upon them, but pray for them. We need to worry if we want wrath upon them. We need to worry about what we are truly living in, either the flesh or the spirit. And yes, if you have yet to ask Jesus in your heart, you are going to hell. Oh, but I'm a good person. I get to the poor. Well, I'm, that's great. But no, you're not a good person. You're not. You're lost and you occasionally do good things. Even the lost does good things. It doesn't mean that you're going to heaven. Giving to the poor doesn't send you to heaven. Romans 3.23, I quote all the time, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. At Romans 3.10, there are none righteous, no, not one. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise the Lord for that gift. And it is a gift. A gift you cannot earn. A gift you cannot earn. You know, and parents, I'm not getting on you because I'm not a parent, but I never believed in a parent giving a gift and taking it away because that's not a gift. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that a kid should be able to do whatever they want to do with anything, but I'm talking about a gift is a gift. It's something you can take it right away. And God doesn't take away the gift of everlasting life. He won't do it. He won't. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Praise the Lord God. Romans 10, 9 through, uh, 9 through 10, it, and this is the important part. If you've yet asked Jesus in your heart, listen now. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart resulting in righteousness and one confesses with the mouth resulting in salvation. That's the prayer of salvation, folks. That's the verses right there. Romans 10, 9 through 10 talks about the prayer of salvation. When people say it's not in there, oh, it's there. That's belief. That's belief. Acts 4, 12. 
There is no salvation. Listen now. Listen, this is important. There is no salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. We must be saved. But as Christians, and this is very important, as Christians, as we grow, as followers, we're already going to heaven. But if we want to grow, if we want to grow, we should carry a cross ourselves. We should carry a cross ourselves. I'm not talking literally, of course. But we need to carry the cross and grow as we carry a cross. You know, I used to carry a cross every year. I can't physically do it anymore. I wish I could. I really enjoyed it. I used to take a cross. I don't know the of these, but we do still have it, actually. I used to take a cross and carry it around for five miles or so. And, uh, boy, it was fun. It was fun. I say it was fun. Yeah, it was real fun. I had a seizure on a couple of them. Real fun. But anyway, it was, it was fun. It was fun because it's how I celebrated Easter. You could say I was uh, commercialing Christ. In reality, I was celebrating what he did for us. And it was hard. There was no wheels on the cross, but Jesus didn't have wheels on the cross either. Can you imagine how much easier it would have been for Jesus Christ if he had wheels on the cross? Big wheels. No, <laughs> no, but he didn't have anything like that. In reality, it was difficult. But in a spiritual sense, we need to carry the cross. We need to follow the cross bearer. We need to bear a cross ourselves, spiritually speaking now. A lot of people say they're Christians, and they say it's just too difficult to follow Jesus. And it is. But we need to carry a cross for Jesus. Are you carrying a cross for him? Are you going during a crossroads? Maybe today you're at a crossroads because at your work, with your family, with people online, with people that you know, do they know that you're a Christian? Do they know that you love Jesus? Do you speak out for him? And I'm not talking about getting in the face of people because we're to do things in love and compassion. But do you carry that cross or do you hide? Jesus tells us to carry the cross, by the way. You might say, where, Pastor? Where? Well, I'm glad you asked. I really am. Because I happen to have the scripture to let you know where he says it. Luke 9, 23. Then he said to them all, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, I want to explain something to you. This is long before he died on the cross, of course. And you know something else that's interesting about that? Just like when he talked about resurrecting. Just when he said on the resurrection life, that's long before he died, resurrected from the dead. He knew it was going to happen. Just like he told them to take up the cross and follow me, it's long before he died on the cross. He knew it was going to happen. He was telling them to have a death sentence. That's what he was saying. He was saying we need to die to ourselves. We need to die to ourselves and live for the Lord God. We need to die to ourselves and let the Lord Jesus Christ live through us. This is what he's saying. And I can prove that here in just a minute. But let's now read Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one should boast. So that no one should boast. And then Galatians 2.20, and this is what I was saying a while ago. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh, 
I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is Christ who is to live in us. It is Christ who is to reach out in his love. You may say, I can't love this person. I can't do nice to this person. They're mean to me. And I understand that. I really do. I understand that. I have people who are cruel to me all the time. I even have people say, you're too nice. That's probably true. In fact, I know it's true sometimes. I can't be too nice. I can make myself out to be an idiot. But the truth be told, if you don't know what an idiot is, let me explain to you this in redneck ease. It's an idiot. Just put in a whole other language. But that's okay. I'm okay with that. And I'll tell you why. I'd rather people see the love of Jesus Christ in me. I care more about what they think of Christ living through me than what they think of me. Because in the end, when I leave here, I'd rather them see the love of Jesus Christ to love others as Christ loves me than what they think of me personally. You know what I'm saying? I think you do. I think you do. I'm sure you feel the exact same way. I'm sure you do. But we're to carry that cross and follow the cross bearer. Here's the thing. As Christians, and I'm not talking about not being a Christian. I already told you, you cannot lose it. But here's the deal. Some drop the cross. They don't follow Christ all the way. By their own choice, they backslide. And by the way, don't beat yourself up over it. We all make mistakes. All of us slip. All of us. I slip sometimes. I get upset. I act a fool, some would say, you know, we all act foolish sometimes. We get in the flesh. That's the way the Bible speaks about it. We, we are human, but we're not human alone. You do have Jesus. We do sometimes drop the cross, pick it back up again. You've not lost the cross. Have you ever lost the cross? It sounds like a game, doesn't it? Lost the cross, but you've not lost that cross. You may have dropped it, pick it back up again. Now, I'm sure I'm the only one who's ever dropped something, right? Unless it breaks, which the cross does not, unless it breaks, you pick it back up again and you keep going forward. Amen? Amen. If you was to drop something right now, you pick it back up and you keep going forward. So if you've dropped your cross today, if you are a Christian and you have dropped your cross, pick it back up and take a step forward. You may say, but you don't understand, Pastor. I have made a horrible mistake. I have lied. I have cheated. I have stolen. Well, whatever it might be, pick that cross back up and move forward. Don't let Satan lie to you and say it's impossible because it's not impossible. Pick up the cross. Go on the cross road that you're on right now. Move forward following the cross bearer, Jesus. Don't listen to Satan who's lying to you and saying it's too late because it's not too late. It is not too late. Pick that cross back up again and keep going forward. It can be done and it will be done. I've dropped the cross many a times in my life through hatred, through anger, through bitterness, through hatred towards myself mostly, anger towards myself, low self-esteem, other problems, things thinking I'm no good enough, I can't do anything. And there's some truth to that. But guess what? Christ says, we're not worried about that. Come and follow me and you're going to be okay. Pick up your cross and follow me. And you can do the same. Do it today. Don't drop that cross. Romans 6, 4, therefore we were buried with him by baptism into death that just as Christ, Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Amen? Amen. Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, we're talking about the Holy Spirit now, listen. Lives in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give 
life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that lives in you. The Holy Spirit helps you every single day to know what to do, when to do it, where to do it, how to do it, and you know it. You can feel it. You can hear it. You know it. Some have yet to take up that cross because they're still lost. As it says in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow concerning his promises as some count slowness, but he is patient with us because he does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. And why I repeat this, why I say this to you is many of you right now, and I know you're worried about your loved ones. That shows you have a good heart. You love them as you should. You're thinking of your children. You're thinking of your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews. You're thinking of your neighbors. You're thinking of your husbands, your, your wives. You're thinking of people that you want to see come to Christ, or maybe you're just not aware. You're not sure yet. Do they know them? Do they not? I don't know. Christ does. He loves them, whether they know him or not. Keep praying. Don't ever stop. I've known people who I've prayed since... The moment I was born, I'd say born, born again. The moment I prayed and prayed and prayed, I said, they're never going to come to know the Lord. And until after they were dead, and I said, they're in hell. I know they're in hell. And then I found out at their funeral or after their funeral that they came to know Christ. And I wasn't aware. You know why? Believe it or not. And I know this is going to be hard for you to believe, but I don't know everything. I know that's hard. I know you didn't know that, but I don't. But God does. God does, and they're in heaven now, and I'm going to give them a big old hug, and they're going to say, okay, okay. But the fact is, you may, may not know it. Those people you're praying for right now that you're worried about, they may come to know Christ. They may know him already, and you may not even be aware. Just don't give up. Keep praying. He died and rose for us all. We need to carry the cross for him as he did for us. Not to die for him, but to live for him. We need to live for Christ like he died and lives for us today. I'm going to read to you just two more verses. And you say, oh, that's good. No, but listen. 1 Peter 1.3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's what Easter is all about. And I'm going to tell you that's 1 Peter 1.3. I'd write that down if I was you. 1 Peter 1.3. That's the greatest Easter verse you could ever have. I'll read it one more time. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have hope because of him. You know, if you live your life without Jesus Christ right now, you have no hope. No hope. No hope because every day you have to face an aging body. You have to face death and sickness and I know this last year, everyone's been so afraid uh, of the illness that's out there and everything else. But even through all that, I've not been afraid. And it's not just because I've faced death many, many times and been in the hospital and had cut my head open and so many other things. I'm not worried about it because I know that even if I die, even now, if I die, if I fell over dead, I would be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Not because of what I have done, but what he has done for me. And you can have the same. You can have the same. And the last verse before we go to prayer right now, I want to say this to you. Revelation 3.20, listen, I stand at the door and knock. 
If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. Jesus is calling out to you now. If you've yet to ask Jesus in your heart, he's calling out to you now. He wants to save you. If you have yet to let Jesus save you, he wants to save you. Maybe you've been saved and you want to be baptized. He wants to do that too. That's not salvation, but that's an act of following him. He wants you to follow him. Maybe you're saved, but you want to follow him and you haven't been. He wants to take care of you. Take up the cross. Follow him. Maybe you have been in a backslidden life for quite a time and you're thinking, I'm not good enough. But Jesus is. And he can shine through you. Let him do that today. He loves you. I love you. We love you. Jesus through us, we agape you, we love you. God loves you. It's okay. It's okay. Come to Jesus today. Let your life be changed forevermore. Don't look back. Take up the cross. We're at a crossroad. Don't go backward. Go forward. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you have done and are doing in our lives. We thank you, Lord God, for the great blessings that you're going to give to us. I pray, Lord Jesus, right now, if there be anyone here today who doesn't know you as a personal Lord and Savior, I pray, Lord, for a great miracle, the miracle of new life for them, a new birth. I pray, Lord God, that today they will listen to the Holy Spirit who's calling out to them now, that they will come forward and not be afraid. There's no reason to be. I pray, Lord God, that they will feel your love even now. If there's anyone at home, Lord God, who needs to call out to you now, Lord God, I pray that they will listen to us now and that they will pray the prayer of salvation. I pray, Lord God, if nothing else, that they will once again read Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10, and they will read that, confessing with their mouth, believing in their heart, believing and being saved. I pray this, Lord Jesus Christ. I pray if there be anyone who's ill, anyone who's sick, I pray today that you will heal them be it your will. I pray, Lord, they will have complete faith in you. I pray, Lord God, if anyone has been backslidden, if anyone has been running from you, Lord God, I pray they will run no more, but take up the cross, follow you. I pray that for me and everyone else too. I pray this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus, and thank you for this day. Amen.